Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans, and welcome to the Brewer Review Podcast. Um, my name's Craig, and with me today is Vince and Scott. How are you doing, fellas? Hey, guys. Hey, How's everybody. Do we have uh, Chad on? Um, he couldn't make it. I don't know. I, he didn't give me a reason. He just said, he was really downtrodden, I think. He was kind of sad the way the season ended. So I thought I'd give him, I thought I'd give him a break on this one. So I told him to take the night off if he needs it. Fair enough. He was a little, he was pretty distraught. Aren't we all? <laughs> well, the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers season, unfortunately, has come to an end. Uh, they did uh, make the playoffs in this, even though they finished under 500 in this 2020 irregular season. Um, but they didn't make the playoffs at the last, the eighth seed in the NL, um, and they faced a Los Angeles Dodgers, and unfortunately, they got swept out in two games. Um, and yeah, so we're heading into the off season here. I guess uh, we're here to kind of give a little recap on the season. Uh, we'll focus on some positives, like the fact that the Brewers did make the playoffs for three straight seasons. Um, for the first time in their franchise history. So that's something to hang your hat on. Um, and I guess what, what I guess I'll start by saying, what was your overall take on uh, the Brewers, you know, uh, not getting past the Dodgers and past the first round of the playoffs? I, I guess in some ways um, it wasn't – it was pretty much expected that the Dodgers were a much better team top to bottom than the Brewers. Um and but I thought anything could happen in a three-game series, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. But what were your overall thoughts on our chances? I guess uh, when we through the playoffs. I mean, it really wasn't an unexpected result. I, I think that you hit it on the head, Craig. The the Brewers, talent-wise, just didn't match up with a team like the Dodgers. Um, I mean, there was the slight chance that anything could happen in a three-game series. The Brewers have certainly won. Uh, you know, two or three games in a three-game series against teams that were better than them uh, this season. But, I mean, overall, the Dodgers were definitely going to be a, a tough opponent. There's a reason why they were the first seed and we were the eighth seed uh, in the National League. So, um, not completely unexpected. I think that it was it was only because of the weird rules that got put in place for 2020 that the Brewers were even in the postseason. And I, I really do think that David Stearns in the front office really has their work cut out for them uh, this offseason. Uh, to build a better product. Uh, you know, part of it, of course, is because Lorenzo Cain and, um, you know, he opted out, obviously, at the beginning of the season. And, and there was certainly some some weird things that went into play. You know, Christian Yelich didn't hit like Christian Yelich this year. Keston Hero didn't really hit like Keston Hero this year. But I still think that the Brewers' offense, top to bottom, needs a bit of uh, retooling. I do think that it's exciting that we saw – uh, the emergence of Corbin Burns and, and Brandon Woodruff this year into two really frontline starters. So that's uh, a good base to build around. But I do think that the offense really does need to be retooled. And, and that's really what we saw in the Dodgers series as well. Yeah, I think it was – I mean, it was pretty rough. I mean, ultimately, like, you look at a team like the Dodgers, they're completely stacked. 
like Craig said, I thought that, you know, there was a chance that we could sneak through there and, and actually take them out because, you know, the Dodgers obviously haven't won a World Series in a while and they've collapsed a couple times in the playoffs recently. And um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Certainly did not help um, being without, well, obviously Kane, as Vince just mentioned, but also the, you know, the injuries. Um, Corbin Burns would have made that an interesting series, I think. Um, and then obviously Williams would have been huge in the bullpen as well, but ultimately it, it's frustrating, but I don't know. It, it was like, so we held the Dodgers in two games to a total of seven runs, which is kind of nice. That's, you know, that's, that's a good job by the pitching. And you know, we only scored two runs total in the two games. So uh, the same thing that bit us as, Vince was saying about our offense, like the same thing that was our problem all year um, showed up in the playoffs and it was a pretty expected result, unfortunately. Yeah, you guys, I think hit the nail on the head on a lot of these points. Uh, Scott, your point about the fact that, you know, the excitement kind of got diluted a little bit when we found out that Corbin Burns and Devin Williams, who were without question our two biggest breakout players, I guess, for the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers were unable or unavailable, I should say, for the playoffs uh, be, um, because of injury that, that kind of put a little damper on things. And I was so, I guess, giddy and I, I guess surprised the Brewers were able to back into the playoffs like they did. I mean, I, including the two playoff games, I think the last dozen games of the season, they didn't score over three runs. So their offense wasn't necessarily firing on all cylinders. But I thought that maybe, you know, that team that scored nearly 20 runs a game uh, twice in one week earlier in the season could show up all of a sudden game one against the, the Dodgers and surprise the baseball world. But unfortunately, uh, the Dodgers could establish slightly better than the Pirates or Tigers or whatnot. So, I mean, um, that is what it is, I guess, and it didn't happen. And uh, like you said, point out, though, Scott, the Birds just get some good pitching performances in the playoffs, even from you know some middle relievers like Eric uh, Yardley and uh, and Topa, even Justin Topa. So I mean, um, some unexpected results. But uh, again, our offense is you know is what it was, and it was pathetic all most of the year long, especially with our stars not performing, like Vince pointed out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was my excitement. <laughs> quickly unfortunately drained when when reality set in but I, I was kind of expecting you know um like it kind of felt like we were playing with house money so to speak once we got in the playoffs like this is more than i thought we'd accomplish this year with this team and uh you know with all the disappointments and that maybe we can just get lucky and i didn't expect us to run all over the world series but upsetting a team like a dot is sure would have been fun so anyway with that being said um yeah i mean Obviously, 2020 is a messed up year all around, sports-wise, all otherwise. But, I mean, the bottom line is, uh, before all that kind of went down and the whole world of COVID started, I guess, uh, David Stern, last offseason, back in December, nearly a full year ago, started putting together the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, as we'll probably find out in this podcast, that he didn't necessarily make a ton of moves that really proved to be good ones, I guess. Um, and we'll revisit some of those, but I guess I'll throw up probably the biggest disappointment, disappointment for me overall was probably the acquisition of catcher Omar Narvaez. I mean, we didn't give up a ton to get him, but we did give up, I think, a supplemental draft pick as part of that deal. 
And, uh, I mean, Narvaez is absolutely terrible. I mean, there's just no other way to slice it. Um, and again, there's plenty of excuses that can be made. It was a 60 game season. There was really no spring training. Um, you know, some players just didn't take off. And if you look at some of the, the numbers across the league, there are a lot of players, even star players that really could not get, get their bats going, so to speak. And so, I, but I I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers completely move on from him um, altogether moving forward. But I guess this is one player I pointed out. But overall, uh, there's obviously some positives that I already mentioned. I mean, the most exciting to me is, is the emergence of Corbin Burns. We really need those top of the rotation type starters. And he definitely looks like one. Obviously, this is a small sample size. And uh, it's kind of what we thought we had in Jim, Jimmy Nelson a couple of years ago when he broke out and then all of a sudden he had that injury and he's nearly like barely hanging out in baseball just a couple of years long later. I, we can't have it happen to Corbin, but um, you know, Devin Williams also, I think was hands down the best reliever in baseball in 2020. Um, and again, not a ton of uh, a huge sample size, like a full season, obviously, but enough to really show that this kid, kid's got an awesome future. And I think it, um, future closer for the Brewers, and I think it, I think yeah. it'll allow them to possibly move on from Josh Hader. So we'll see. Well, and, and let's be you know honest. The offense is really there wasn't anybody on on the offensive side that really I, I don't think outperformed expectations. Maybe outside of uh, Daniel Vogelbach, who was only a Brewer from the beginning of September, and uh, Jed Jarko. I, I don't know if you guys can think of anybody else besides those two that. They kind of exceeded or even met expectations offensively this season. Well, the only other guy I throw out there that, like, not by much, but I think uh, Orlando Arcia uh, hit, like, I think led the team with a 260 average. And I think yeah. he, of course, had a two run home run against the Dodgers in the playoff. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think he he earned himself potential contract back with the Brewers. But, um, if they, you know, go that route. But so I guess I'll throw him in there too. But besides that, no, not at all. <laughs> I thought um, Lorenzo Cain looked pretty good in his 18 at bats in the first week of the year. And then he left. <laughs> so, so that was, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I guess um, I could say that I was slightly pleasantly surprised by maybe um Tyrone Taylor like I didn't expect anything of him and uh, you know he, he showed us a little bit I guess I didn't expect anything on Chase Peterson either in fact I was alarmed that he was even on the team so um. hey his on base percentage is actually not bad the guy the guy was certainly able to draw a walk which is more than can be said for many of the team of uh, the guys on our team this year so there there's that but yeah well, no um, absolutely but yeah no we were playing with like uh, I hate to insult the guys that were on the team this season, but kind of like picking up guys off the scrap heap, so to speak, and kind of plugging them into major roles on a team. I mean, at the end of the year, when we had Lorenzo Cain sitting out the season and Ben Gamble on the disabled list, and we were plugging the outfield Tyrone with Tyrone Taylor and Jace Peterson and, you know, other guys and Braun was banged up every day. It seemed like, you know, this year, even more than other years, the Brewers were giving shots to guys that would never have made a major league roster, uh, even in, in other seasons. I don't know. No, you're definitely right, unfortunately. But, 
Yeah, and we'll see. And I guess another name I'll throw out there that um, didn't really fully bounce back from injury like I was hoping is kind of Corey Knabel. Again, I think the lack of a full season really kind of hurt him. Um, and who knows if I'll ever be back to, you know, dominant back of the bullpen um, type arm that he used to be as a former closer, you know, even set up man to hater and whatnot. Um, so I don't know. I think there'll be a, definitely some restructuring of the Brewers on 2021 season. And I think David Stern's already come out with some interviews saying that he kind of acknowledges, you know, in spite of the Brewers making the playoffs, that some of his moves didn't necessarily pan out. Um, and so I, I like the fact that he's taking some responsibility in that. And I think there'll be a different direction next off season. I don't know if you guys saw this, but also, it's been reported that obviously because of the lack of uh, revenues uh, because of COVID this year, um, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers who have one of, one of the smallest TV contracts and revenues in the entire MLB, obviously uh, may have to reduce their payroll even a little bit more uh, in a 2021. So that's not shocking, but it's also, you know, puts us at a disadvantage, I think going forward. So. Well, I guess if you really want to look at it, um, because it was a shortened, you know, 60 game season, like those $200 million payrolls didn't exist because they simply just didn't have to pay out that much because they're all prorated. But um, the Yankees had 114 million and Dodgers had 105 million. And then if you look way, way down here, are the Brewers in 24th at 38 million and the closest payroll to them was the Oakland A's who are notorious for being cheap. So it was a little bit of a financial as well as a player mismatch in this little three-game series we had. Scott, did we get any indication from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about why the Brewers' payroll dipped? We know that they cut out all you know, the, the, the folks from the business operations side of the organization from you know, getting paid for their, their jobs, uh, cut a lot, a lot of positions, unfortunately. Did we get any inside source? information from Tom Carter? I thought Tom Carter was an outside source now. I mean, that's kind of what I was just alluding to. You were supposed <laughs> oh. to give that away about Tom. Oh, whoops. Yeah. No, um, I I think that he, he's still trying to be an inside source. I think he still has his connections, but unfortunately, like, um, yeah, I mean, there were um, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of good Burr employees that, you know, we know and love that also, um, you know, they – had to bear the brunt of this and uh, they either, you know, maybe lost some money, lost their job. I mean, it was a rough year all around for the organization. Yeah. But how does that square with the new TV deal in MLB? I mean, this is a billion, billions of dollars worth of TV revenue that's coming in and being spread across major league baseball. So how does that really square? I, I don't understand how the brewers are at a, a point where they aren't making money even under the COVID circumstances of 2020, given the TV deal. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe who's ever in charge of that needs to be, um, I don't know, a little bit more aggressive in their negotiating or something or a little more savvy. Cause yeah, I mean, our, our deal sucks. It always has. So I don't know. I mean, we're always at the bottom when it comes to that. Even like when you talk about how much like, <laughs> But was, wasn't this not just a regional TV deal? This wasn't just the Brewers. It was Major League Baseball wide. that would be spread across all teams. Uh, I, I'm sure our colleague Tom Modricor is asking these types of questions. But, I mean, wasn't that an MLB-wide TV deal, not just a regional one? And 
I think the Brewers TV contract is up soon uh, with, with Fox Sports Wisconsin. So it'd be up to renegotiate. I know that, you know, in the, in the past decade, they've had one of the lower uh, TV contracts, despite having one of the, the largest viewerships uh, across baseball. I guess I'm just wondering, have you talked to either, you know, our anonymous source or our colleague Tom Audricourt about, you know, where the Brewers are putting this revenue if it's not on the field? Hmm. Um. I'm not sure. It could possibly be above Tom's pay grade, but he hasn't, he hasn't alluded anything specific to me anyway, as far as where the money goes. I think Brock Holt got some. (laughs) (laughs) So I I still feel like the Brewers will be a player in the free agent market going forward. I mean, um, I'm sure they'll, they'll be able to save money, but in some areas to add, I think they might be called for more for quality rather than quantity, like last off season. I'm sure the strategy is a little bit different. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really think that, uh, I, I think it should be definitely an interesting off season. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll keep you guys in the loop as our fans, uh, as we go, as we move through the off season. But obviously Christian, the is huge contract kind of, it's, came at almost an inopportune time <laughs> for possibly the Milwaukee Brewers because I think if he were to, you know, negotiate this offseason from that, he wouldn't get nearly as much, but kind of seemed like a decent deal at the time for the Brewers um, a year ago, but um, at least he's still a Brewer, and we really hope that he bounces back next year because he did have a pretty bad season this year, but I, I know that's not the Christian Yellers that I, I think it's true for him. He's still really in his baseball prime, and I think he, you know, just never really had the, the the time to get going so so forth this year. But hopefully it was just an anomaly and uh, the real Christian Alex comes back in 2021 because the Brewers will so desperately need him to do that. Um, so I guess uh, I know that um, then we usually do our annual grades for players. Um, and then maybe we could do like the rapid nine around the horn thing. But uh, and Vince has probably got a list of all the players we can give grades to but I think in order for us to fit this in the amount of time that we have, uh, we may not be able to make many comments. So we might really need to do a rapid fire this time. Maybe Scott starting off, Vince can you can finish up with your grade or yeah. something like that. That sounds good. And Scott, take your time. Obviously, uh, don't don't feel rushed at all. But um, okay. all right. So let's at least go around the starting lineup. Uh, number one, uh, Scott will lead off with you, and then go to Craig. Uh, Omar Narvaez. Um. He uh, played in 40 games for the Brewers out of the 60. He hit 176 with an OBP of 294. <laughs> um, Omar gets a very generous D from me because um, I know that it's not an exact science, but um, his like um, his pitch framing was one of the worst in the league last year, and this year it was actually one of the best. So um, I'll give him credit for that improvement. But he still gets a D because he was – atrocious offensively and we were really hoping for more all right craig all right well now when you think of what grade you want to give scott you can take plenty of time to do that but uh we're yep. there's no way we're gonna have time in this podcast to have uh, that much analysis you know what's great analysis uh something simple oh, like you. this out like like watch how i do this craig 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 we gotta we gotta we gotta speed through these please <laughs> huh we gotta speed through these come on <laughs> oh, that, was, that was good okay just an F alright I'll give him a D, a D minus I think his defense only is the thing that saved him from, from getting an F the guy hit 
two home runs with 10 RBIs on the year. So, yeah, okay. Uh, we're going to go through guys who played the most games at each position to start off. So we're still hitting guys that even didn't finish the year with the crew. Scott, what do you give Justin Smoke? Uh, he played in, let's see, 33 games. He hit 186. Uh, decent, but I'm going to give him an F. Okay. <laughs> Craig? <laughs> D minus. I'll go with an F as well, which is why he got waived and sent to the Giants. Who promptly released him five days later? All right, at second base, Scott Keston Hira played in 59 of the crew's 60 games. He hit 212 this year, 297 OBP. He did hit 13 home runs with 32 ribbies. Um, yeah, the uh, oh my god, the 85 strikeouts in 217 at bats um, is alarming. And that definitely seems like a regression. Having said that, um, I'll give him a C minus. Okay. Uh, Craig, what are you going to get? Do you have the intern uh, uh, cheat sheet here that Scott has, Craig? I'll give him a C. Okay. I got him as a D. I think he really regressed this year. I'm going to chalk it up to being a weird year in 2020. But, um, yeah, I, I, I still give him a D. I think his performance is pretty abysmal. All right, Scott, uh, shortstop, Orlando Arcia played in 59 of the crew's 60 games, hit 260, 317 OBP, uh, five home runs, 20 RBIs. Um, pretty much exactly what I'd expect from Arcia, maybe a tick of an improvement, but um, you know what? No one's going to get a good grade. I'm going to give him a C plus, and that's really, really generous. All right, Craig. C plus. Was that a B, as in boy? B plus. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's almost an A. I'm going to go with a B as well. I think because he did meet expectations, I do think that his defense uh, also gives him a little bit of a leg up on other guys in the starting lineup. All right. Uh, Scott, our starting third baseman in terms of game played this year is the great Eric Sogard. 34 games played. F. Uh, 209, 209 batting average, 281 OBP. One home run and 10 RBIs. What are you going with for a grade? F. F. Maybe a double F. Enough? Yeah. All right. It was a really rough year, and he had a decent – I mean, I know it was like a, a – didn't he get paid like almost twice as much as Justin Smoke? <laughs> uh, you're, the interns can look that up. But, yeah, he got paid uh, this year his – Salary was hold on. I'm sorry. The intern should have done this. Here. I told yeah, the interns. 4.5 million dollars this year to Eric Sogard. Uh, I'll give my half plus. Oh, that's that's not even a real grade, but I'm just gonna give it anyways. All right, Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke made four million dollars this year. Um, forget it. Yep. Uh, I will give Sogard a D minus. Uh, he did take some walks, so I guess I'll give him that. But wasn't much better. He he had 11 walks. And, uh, I thought he had nine after the first week, though. 128 plate appearances. Or like yeah, seven. I guess a little bit of a versatile defender. Okay, yeah, let's just forget that. All right, Scott, this one's going to be a little harder. 2018 National League Most Valuable Player, Christian Yelich. 
Hmm. Played in 58 of the 60 games, hit 205 this year, 76 strikeouts, and 200 at bats, 12 home runs. What do you give Christian Yelich as a grade? Um, maybe this is because I had such high hopes for him, but um, I'm I'm gonna give him a C minus. I think that's that's pretty generous, but yeah, that's what I'm going with. All right. D. Former executive producer? D as in dog. Yeah, I give him a D as well. I think, I mean, this is a guy that you rely on. If if he comes through even a couple times in the, in the playoff series against the Dodgers, the Brewers might still be playing right now. I it, it was a very frustrating experience watching him. I don't know if it was the lack of preparation because of the weirdness of 2020 or if it was um, – I even even some stuff that dates back to his injury last year uh, that ended his 2019 season, but yeah, like certainly underperformed. All right, uh, Scott uh, Avisel Garcia, uh, 238 batting average this year, two home runs, 15 RBIs, uh, 53 games. What are you going to give him? Um, let's see. I'll go with. Uh... Actually, you know what? I'm going to say C minus because he looked absolutely lost in center, and I was really worried about that. But he was kind of playing out of position all year, and he, he did all right. But yeah, it's still a bad year. But I hope he doesn't start next year. <laughs> Two home runs, right. pathetic. D. Two thirty-eight. Okay. Nothing to write home about either. I'm going to give him a C then, Craig. I think he was just kind of like the epitome of average this season. I don't know what to expect of him uh, in future years. I guess we're, we're going to have to talk a little bit more about him in the offseason. But um, I'll give him a C just because I don't think he did anything well. I don't think he was awful, but he was just sort of there. All right. Our yeah, starting right I think fielder. we signed him expecting, in a full regular season, expecting 20-plus home runs out of a guy. He had two friggin' home runs. Like that, that equates to about five in a full season. So he's terrible. But anyway, D. Craig, we don't have time to get into all the details on these guys, remember. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> our starting right fielder, uh, according to the numbers, is Ben Gamble this year. 20, let's see, I'm sorry, uh, 40 games played, uh, three home runs, 10 RBIs, 237 betting average. Scott? Um also C minus. I don't know. There's no way I can give him a C with numbers like that. But. Um, I'm also going C minus. So every once in a while, I agree with Scott, and this is one of those times. Yeah, I'm going to give him a D. I think he underperformed. Uh, I think we had a little bit higher expectations. He also kind of boosted those numbers by having a great first week and then really plummeted afterwards. Uh, maybe partly due to an injury, but give him a D for right now. Um, Finally, in the weirdness of 2020, again, uh, the National League had a DH this year, so our DH was Ryan Braun. Uh, played in 39 games, hit 233, 281 OBP, uh, eight home runs, 26 RBIs, maybe his final season as a Brewer. Um, Scott Bartell, what are you going to give longtime friend of our show, Ryan Braun? Um, Ryan, I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I I have to give you a I have to give you a C minus. I mean, he's aging. Um, I did not have super high expectations for him going into this year. He 
I guess he did okay. I'll give him a okay. B. I'm going to give him a B minus. I think that he was uh, he was still clutch at certain points. So give him a B minus. Um, we got Scott. How much time do we have left? Do you have a counter on there from? Um, it has not yet given us our 10 minute warning. So we're we're still in good you know, shape. Nick's got to be inaccurate because mine mine says over 30 minutes. But anyway, yeah. Uh, do the pitching staff quick, Vince. Oh, okay. I just got the 10 minute warning. So, okay, um, we can go through the rotation really quick. Um, Woodruff, Burns, Hauser, Anderson, Lindblom were the five guys that got the most starts for the team. Uh, I guess let's just say, what's the overall grade for the rotation this year? Instead of getting into each guy. No, no I think we, we could still do individual real quick. Just All right, Craig, go ahead. Scott. Oh, well, who, who should be first? Well, Woodruff. Scott, do Woodruff first. All right, um, let's see. Woodruff's kind of a tough call because, like, he kind of stepped up. He was pretty good this year, but he also had a lot of games where, like, um, he may have let up one run after four innings, and then all of a sudden after five, he had already – he had given up three more. So it just seemed like um, some of his starts at the end kind of imploded a little bit. Uh, but overall, um, he did really good. Compared to the rest of the team, man, I think I want to Damn give him it, a, Scott. I want to give him an A minus. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. And Craig, if you could just kind of give it one letter grade and go on, please. I'll give him B plus. All right, I'll give him an A. I think he was fine this year. Three point oh five ERA leading off the rotation. Thirteen games uh started. Yeah, I'll take that. Corbin Burns, number two. Scott. Uh, Corbin Burns gets an A plus. Man, we've been rooting for that guy. Last year, we probably talked about him and seemed like in every podcast. And so happy with the turnaround. Very good, Craig. A. Yep, I'll give him a solid A as well. Two point eleven ERA, twelve games uh, appeared in. Certainly, uh, really built upon a very poor twenty nineteen to. to set himself up well for future years. And if the Brewers have those two guys, I think is one, two in our rotation in coming years, we're going to be in good shape. All right. Uh, Scott, number three, Adrian Hauser, uh, 12 games appeared in 11 starts, 5.30 ERA, one and six record. Wow. That record is pretty brutal. Um, I'll give it a C minus. I, I just don't know what to do with, Adrian Hauser in the future. I'm not sure if he's a part of this rotation in the future or if he goes back to the bullpen even. I think they want to keep him in the rotation, but he has to do better than that if he wants to stay there. Yeah, and I should, throw out, I, I should throw out one caveat really quick, too. There was only one Brewers starter who had a winning record. That was Corbin Burns. Even Woodruff was 3-5. and five. Oh, Devin Williams. Oh, starter, sorry. No. Starter, <laughs> yeah. Somehow we made the playoffs. All right. Who's Devin next? Williams also had four wins out of the pen. He did. That's true. Uh, Craig, what'd you give Hauser? D minus. D minus. I'll give him a D. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Scott, Craig's favorite, uh, Brett Anderson. Four and four record, 4.21 ERA. Hmm. I'll give him a B. I think um... – he did all right. He stayed healthy-ish. 
which for him is incredibly healthy. Okay. All right, Craig. I know he's your favorite, but try to be objective. C. Okay. I'm going to give him a B. I think he uh, really solidified our rotation, actually. Um, wouldn't be upset if he came back. All right. Uh, Scott, Josh Lindblom, 2-4, and 5.16 ERA. Um, you know, he wasn't atrocious, but he started off the year atrocious. And um, unfortunately, that's factored in. I'm going to give him a C-. minus. All right, Craig. C minus. Yeah, I'm going to give him a D. He was the biggest disappointment on the team to me. 5.16 ERA. I think that the Brewers had signed to a three-year deal, really hoping for some, some success, and we just didn't get it. All right, guys, in the interest of time, I'm just going to literally read a list of names of all the guys that appeared for a game in the Brewers out of the bullpen this year. We're going to oh, give the team a collective grade. Uh, so bear with me here for 30 seconds. Josh Hader, Brent Suter, Devin Williams, Eric Yardley, Alex Claudio, Freddie Peralta, Drew Rasmussen, Corey Knabel, David Phelps, Eric Lauer, J.P. Fireisen, Justin Topa, Justin Grimm, Ray Black, Angel Perdomo, Bobby Wall, or uh, Phil Bickford, uh, all appeared in games out of Brewers bullpen. What are we giving the pen this year? Overall, 4.16 ERA. 29 and 31 record uh, in all and appeared in all 60 games. No brewery had a complete game this year. What are we going to give the Brewers fan? Scott. Uh, B minus. I mean, it, they were sort of a bright spot. Well, okay. I think that one gets like an A plus. Josh Hare gets an A and some of the other guys. Pretty much could be that. Uh, probably this is solid overall. Okay, I'll give him a B plus. Uh, I think the, obviously the stars, Craig, as you alluded to, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, uh, both had really great seasons. Um, Brent Suter was pretty decent out of the pen, three point thirteen ERA in sixteen games. Uh, Eric Yardley, I think, was outstanding out of the pen. Uh, surprise contribution from Justin Topa this year. Um, and then we had other guys that were just awful. It, I Unfortunately, I have to put Corey Knabel in that category. 6.08 ERA in 15 games this year. Um, I think Freddie Peralta was okay. Uh, in 15 games, uh, had a sub-4 ERA, so he, hopefully he's back. Guys like Ray Black never really got much of a chance, only appeared in three games this year with a, a 3.00 ERA. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of promise uh, in a couple guys who – I think did break through from where they were at. So that's, that's good. But um, let's go through really quick. Uh, Scott Bartell, what is your overall grade of the Milwaukee Brewers in 2020? Our 16th season, by the way, since uh, starting our show, that we've been doing team grades. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, I always thought like you'd never give a playoff team anything lower than a C, but here we are. Um, I'm going to give them a C minus and that's, pretty generous um any other year i mean we're the worst team to ever make the playoffs in the history of this great sport so that's a little rough but um hey we made the playoffs right (laughs) (laughs) there's there's that all right craig what do you got 
Well, all things considered, I'm giving them a C plus. I mean, just because of the playoffs thing. I mean, yes, we've been we never were above five hundred and our offense has got on as we just went over, we had some real bright spots in rotation and bullpen overall with salad. Um I think Stearns himself would probably be given a D for last offseason with the Brewers. Now they perform next on the field. I mean, they did get to the playoffs, so C+. Plus. All right. I'm going to go with a C overall. I think this was one of the most average Brewers teams that we've seen in a number of years, probably since the Ken Mocket era. Um, you know, some of those later Renicky teams – early Renicky teams were really good. Later Renicky teams were really bad. Early Council teams were really bad and then really good. So – to me, this is one of the most average sort of non-emotionally uh, invested type of years that I could have imagined. Um, not because we didn't care about the results, but just, you know, it's like the offense could never pick up the pitching and the pitching wasn't there when we had a little bit of offense. So, yeah, I'm going to just go with the C. It was kind of a blah year. Yep, and it probably, that means we're probably about out of time. But, yeah, that wraps up a 2020 year and uh, – all we look back on too finally, but we're looking forward to 2020 for many reasons with some sense of normalcy, hopefully on the baseball field as well. But uh, the hot soft season will always be a fun one and uh, looking forward to seeing if the Brewers can bring aboard help us out next year and hope for some bounce backs from some of our star players. Well, mainly. Well, yeah, uh, and I will, yeah, definitely. And I will say that I'm just glad that we had baseball here in 2020. I mean, as the playoffs are, continuing to move on just the fact that we got through an actual semblance of a season is exciting um you know i remember some of our shows back in may or june we were really unsure at that point whether or not uh, there would be any baseball even played in 2020 so uh, i am i am grateful that we got to see the brewers play and that we didn't have to take an entire year off um i think it did well i think it did did uh did, did wonders I, I should say for you know some of our younger guys like a devin williams or um, maybe even a Brandon Woodruff or certainly a Corbin Burns to kind of have that experience this year. So it's not a completely lost season by any stretch. So I, I'm grateful for all of that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Stay classy. Go Brewers. All right, guys. Give us a follow on Twitter.